What's up, party people? Here we are again for our second part of our running back discussion. And then also what we're going to talk about is who we feel would be the best player to take with the number one overall pick. A lot of questions going around that because a lot of the same players are being questioned around that. So we're going to try to break it down and help you make an easy decision for the number one overall pick. All that and much more on this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. All right, brain. You don't like me and I don't like you. But let's just do this and I can get back to killing you with beer. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. podcast. This place is an untapped resource. I love it! With your host, Flex and Bliss. You must think I'm pretty stupid. I'm dangerous. I'm very, very dangerous. And Alex Marchetti. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. For the everyday fantasy sports player. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours. Help! Now, I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're a bunch of f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. People, people, people. What's up, party people? Welcome, 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 welcome to another fantastic, exciting, and informative episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. I am your man, 50 Grand Flex Hitless, here with my co-host, live and direct with much respect. Hi, my name is, my name is, my name is Alex Marchetti. What's up, BFAs? <laughs> You've thought that one through, didn't you? No, it just It just came to you? Head, yeah. I like it. Okay. I, I liked it. I liked it. I thought you were saving it, and I thought you were probably like, you know what? Maybe you like driving around on Spotify or something, and then that popped up. No, no. It just, I just freestyled that right there, bro. All right. I liked it. It was good. Gracias. <laughs> I was Gracias gonna... very mucho. But you, you, of course, don't listen to anything on Spotify besides us, right? I, I listen to other stuff. <laughs> Why would I want to listen to you? Nobody would. Yeah, I have enough of you already. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, so once again, party people, thank you for tuning in um, here into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram um, at BFB Podcast and on Twitter at BFB Podcast. Exciting news. The website, albeit as tiny and as newborn as it is, is finally up. It's a little baby. Yeah, it's a little baby. Uh, one. It's, it's only got one article. And just our Instagram posted. That's all it has. First article. That's that's all it's got. It's going to got the. So cute. You see the article? So cute. I guess. You want to call it cute? Cute. (laughs) I'd rather call it informative. Is informatively cute? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, you said, you know, it's a baby, so I'm just. No, I know. I I get the joke. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Once you got to explain the joke, it's no longer funny. I get it. That's it. It's over. You you killed it. Yeah. You you just killed it. It's, It's like, um, well, I got to play the other side of it. It's like the other day when we were in Restaurant Depot, and then you asked, you know, you, you asked the lady, hey, your last name is Cashier, because it says Cashier in her name tag. It had her first name, by the way. But, okay. but it said Cashier. Just for the record, just in case people that are listening, <laughs> you know, you got to give them the full depth. The, you know? the point, the point was. It had her first name, and it's after that, Cashier. The point was that you said that, and then her first reaction was like, no. And then when I started laughing and I started going like, oh, my God, he actually went there. Then she started laughing more. You play the other side of it to make people laugh more. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how it That's works. okay. Uh, I'm all right with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a sense of humor. That's good. Um, So the website's up. It's at, it, The website is betterfantasybureau.com. Go check it out. It's only got the one article. I'm working on another article now. I'm hoping um, with 
work and life and everything like that to post more articles. You know, this is only a two-man show in between you and I, and it's a lot to do. But um, remember, the premise here of the Better Fantasy Bureau is that we are not fantasy gurus. We are not fantasy experts. We're just fantasy advocates of the game. We love the game. We love the sport with everyday fantasy sports players. And we just like to talk about it. And don't get me wrong. We both believe also we're pretty damn good at it. We eat, sleep, poop, fantasy. Yes, football, we, so. we love fantasy football. With fantasy sports, you know, we love fantasy basketball Fan- as well. Fantasy basketball, I, I gained to have, uh, you know, much more of an interest with it now, like the last couple of years. F- fantasy, I'm a fantasy player. That's what I am. Uh, I like, I, I even like fantasy soccer. <laughs> yeah, I remember you mentioned it to me before. Yeah, I played but, it like um, six, eight years ago. Anyway. But uh, um, as I was saying is, is that, you know, like we're not here to say that we're, we know everything and we're gurus, but we feel we're, we're pretty damn good at fantasy football and we feel like we have good advice and we look up good stats and we find good points to make and we've, you know, won many championships before and we just want to help everyday fantasy sports players just like us to also win their championships and you know you're going to agree with us you're going to disagree with us you're going to love us you're going to hate us but that's the whole premise of the show over here but with the website uh we got a lot of things planned up for it you know you can see there's only got the one article which i i wrote and i thought it was pretty good about the zero rb approach i just did my editing today so if you're listening to this uh before august 8th which is when we're recording this august 8th if you're listening to this before that then you saw a lot of the errors and stuff i didn't really edit that article i just did it some editing today so um it'd be easy to understand like that as a zero rb approach talking about the running backs you know if you don't get a stud running back to start off with don't fear there's still running backs to find later on you know you could take the zero rb approach and it could still work for you and i just started writing about that and uh gave some stats and some numbers like you know if you took the zero rb approach last year like this is according to which we use our rankings we go to fantasy football calculator for our rankings at least if our ADP, excuse me, not our rankings, our ADP. Yeah. We make our own rankings, of course, but for our ADPs, we use the fantasy football calculator. According to them, if you went a zero RB approach last year, you could have realistically had your team as like DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, and your running backs could have been James Conner with either Philip Lindsay or even James White. Yeah, you had to be a genius to select that type of draft. Not as, no, not really, because James Conner went like in the nineteenth round. Nineteenth round, and then and then James White went in the ninth round. Yeah, but uh, I'm saying by the ADPs. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. It was it's, it's, DeAndre Hopkins was going in the middle of the it first. Possibly, yeah. Yes, Michael, DeAndre Hopkins draft. was going in the middle of the first. Michael Thomas going in the middle of the second, and Adam Thielen was going in the middle of the third. So you could have took those three going with a zero RB approach. You could have took James Conner super late because you went with the zero RB approach. And then you could have took, um, you know, you could have got Philip Lindsay off the waiver wire or you could have also drafted James White in the ninth round because it was a big, like, like, like not 19th. He was going, like, in the 14th round, James Conner. Excuse me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I'm just saying, like, if you went to zero approach, that could have realistically been your team. I'm sure if that was your team, you won your championship. Yeah. Possibly. It's possibly. It's, it's possible that, you, that that's a strong team. I mean, James Conner and James White both both alone ended up in the top ten. Yeah, or, you know, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, and DeAndre Hopkins all ended up in the top ten. I yeah, believe or you could have won Hopkins, then CMC. But if you took a zero RB approach, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So if no, you took, a, yeah, I understand your point. I understand your point. You yes. know, so yeah, so CMC's irrelevant for that. For that, you think uh, taking the R, uh, zero RB approach this year, uh, there's a it good just chance? it just depends on where I'm drafting from. Depends on my mocks. I'm just saying that if you decide to take that approach, like I decided to take it. 
last year, and then my two running backs ended up being Adrian Peterson and Chris Carson. Now, Adrian Peterson wasn't the greatest one. Chris Carson wasn't the worst one either. I mean, I still did pretty good in my, my team, but my three running backs that year were uh, Antonio Brown. I had the second pick, and I took Antonio Brown with the second pick. I had, I had Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Stephon Diggs. You know, and they carried me from, oh, and I had Matt Ryan as my quarterback. So all that carried me for a long time. And then my running backs, for the most part, ended up being Chris Carson and Adrian Peterson, which wasn't terrible. You know what I mean? They were still in the top 20, both of them. So I still did pretty good in my my league for that. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, so that's what the point is. that You know, we have a lot of uh, expectations for the website. We got a shop there that's not up yet, but we're going to be putting out, you know, the T-shirts and the hats and the duffel bags and the coffee mugs. The merch. Yeah, all the merchandise, all the BFB apparel, the iPhone cases, you know, Android cases, all the phone cases and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot, you know, we're also going to be putting away some giveaways and some special um, prizes that you could win on the website, stuff like that. You could also sign up to our newsletter, sign up to our um, bureau newsletter where we could send you. We're, we're hoping what we want to do is to send you weekly advice on the waiver wires and um, our who's hurt list. And, you know, which is the injuries updates is the who's hurt and uh Stuff like that. So just keep you up to date. Something just real quick. Just something that doesn't take a long long time to read. Something that you just gets emailed. Sit down, take a crap, and read it. Right? Sit down, take a crap, and, and read, read it. it. Yeah. Well, that's why I do my best thinking. Some of the articles I write when I'm in my head are when I'm taking a crap. So, listeners, when you're reading Flex's article, just, just imagine him. Taking a crap. No, 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 no. See, you're, you're, you're directing people for not to listen. You're doing anti- you're doing the opposite of marketing, which is just destroying. You just said that in there, so I was like, yeah. If I didn't tell people to, poke, I didn't tell people poke. to visualize it. <laughs> you put that in people's heads now. That's out there. Uh, did you watch Hard Knocks? No, no, no. Why not? You're not a fan of Hard Knocks? No, it was just I was my my night off. I was hanging out with the wife. Oh. So you're not a football guy? I sure, whatever. <laughs> Taking a stripe away from me right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there there goes that talk. <laughs> uh, but uh, I watched it. Um, it's it's pretty. Uh, you know, it's not the most entertaining. But you know, obviously, I'm a football aficionado, so you know, I I I, I watch it. And ironically, my girl likes to watch it, <laughs> so we watched it. But uh, you know, you see the in depth in. As far as uh, Antonio Brown, you know, trying, to, you know, pr- practicing hurt, and then you know, then later on, now reveals that he got frostbites and yeah, his because feet. he he didn't wear uh, prop proper shoes <laughs> while you're in the chamber, the cryothera- the cryotherapy chamber. You were in that chamber once, weren't you? Yeah, I've done it before. It's uh, you know, it's good. That's when I was training for my marathon, which I am right now for your Chicago marathon. Chicago. Chicago. Hopefully, I get to finish it. <laughs> but uh anyway let's get so uh speaking about like i guess you know like like these um because i know last year like i mean when we were talking about who to take at number one when we did this last year yeah. i remember there was uh you know the big talks were like Gurley and bell and zeke those are the big three that some people were thinking about you know like Gurley and bell zeke and barkley no, not last year. People weren't thinking about taking Barkley. Barkley was four or five. He was ranked four or five. But they weren't PPM. thinking about taking him number one. Oh, number one. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, All right, like, number one. So last year, people were thinking about taking number one was Bell and Gurley were the main guys. Some people said Zeke. and then, But I also said, you know recommended Antonio Brown. If you took him number one, you wouldn't be crazy for that. So with that being said, we're going to go into, we're going to talk about who to take number one and then go into the second part of our running back discussions. 
So let's talk about that. Who to take at number one right now? The main four guys, the top five right now, uh, for the most part, ranked. For the most part, the top five ranked running backs are Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, and David Johnson. But let's talk about the top four because those are the top four that are being questioned to take as number one between Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Zeke Elliott. So out of that four, let's get out of the way, Zeke Elliott. Is he still a number one pick for you? No, he's not. Obviously, because of the holdout. This is, you know, people that drafted Le'Veon Bell last year, you know, got hurt by drafting him in the first round. So, you know, he's saying that he's not going to come back until he gets a deal done. So why take that chance? So Ezekiel Elliott is not my number one pick because there is that. Now, if it wasn't with the whole holdout thing, would he be a number one pick for you? For sure. For sure, 100%, if it wasn't the whole holdout situation. Yeah, I say for sure, yeah, he, he'll he be. You know, I drafted him last season, and uh, and you saw his production in the passing game, and he, he, he was very consistent for me. Yeah, Zeke Elliott, with, uh, I think without question, is arguably the best, if not the best, running back in the game right now, currently at the moment. Arguably the best, if not the best. And, you know, it, I, I say that with a heavy heart. Like, it hurts for me to say that, you know, as a Giants fan, even currently wearing my Giants shirt. But it's true. Let's be real. He's the best, if not the best. I mean, I mean he's one of the best, if not the best one in the game right now. But uh, last year, the Le'Veon Bell was like a real situation, it was like a real thing. Currently, it seems that uh, the Cowboys have put an offer on the table for Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and Zeke Elliott, making them all the top within the top five highest paid at their positions. For each, for each of them, but it doesn't seem like any of them are loving it. So, uh, you know, Zeke's kind of on. You know, it might, it might, he might be missing games, and because he's just scared of him possibly missing games, it it could really hurt you. And I think because of the fact of what the Le'Veon Bell situation, like you said, happened last year, people are taking a real notice to it. Like you said, um, that's why Melvin Gordon has dropped tremendously because it seems like the Melvin Gordon situation is more more dangerous and more long-term than the Zeke situation. Also with Melvin Gordon possibly being traded, who he gets traded to also makes you know a big difference. Unless of course, Melvin Gordon gets traded to the chiefs and he skyrockets up the rankings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then rich will be happy for taking the second round of dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, so Zeke Elliott's definitely not a number one pick for you and I, and I agree for the same exact reasons. Nothing to do with his talent, just for the fact because of the contract holdout makes it a scarier situation, and you don't want to have your first pick to lose in the games. Of course, when Zeke Elliott goes right back in the game, like you know, like I agree with you too. If he was to say tomorrow he's coming back in, boom, he's going right on top of my list. He's too. going number one for me. Uh, but between one and two, for the, me. with the holdout, you expect him to miss a couple of games, right? You know, I don't think he's. In, Missed the entire season, you know. It, uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, he was like kind of technically a free agent because he didn't sign the uh, the uh, the contract, you know. So, but Ezekiel is under contract, so he's gonna get fined. So there's some financial implications for him. I don't think he cares about that. Well, if he was smart, saving his money, you know, and planning for this day of negotiation this time this year 
then you know if he was well prepared then i yeah i if think he doesn't care he does, you know it's because he was planned he planned this i well. think it's going to work out but as of right now as i said on august 8th right now it's scary to take him anywhere i would say anywhere honestly in the top five and it might be dropping lower it, he was i think it's kind of scary to take him there in the top five and it might be dropping lower but it's not the number one for us so now the question remains so now let's move on up to the next one let's say alvin Kamara. is alvin Kamara a number one pick for you Alvin Kamara is a possible pick for me. But I don't think he's going to be my first pick if I had the number one. Okay. Reason why? Uh, well, you know, he he doesn't get that many touches, although he's very efficient with his touches. Uh, and maybe that's the reason. I want to have my number one to be the certified, like, bell cow that's consistently getting the touches. You know, if it's in the red zone, the third down, the second down, the first down. And Alvin Kamara is a great fantasy player, but for my number one pick, I don't think, you know, he's the guy that I'm going to select. Yeah, I wouldn't take him number one. I wouldn't be mad at anybody if they did do that. I wouldn't take him as a number one because of the fact that we know that Sean Payton is going to have a running back by committee. Uh, it doesn't matter. Alvin Kamara is one of those people that they use a running back by committee and is still extremely, extremely productive, extremely successful with the running back by committee. I mean, you know, the, the guy, the guy's an absolute beast. The guy's an absolute stud, but it's he's still somebody that I'm not looking at for number one because of the fact that he's definitely going to be in the committee. I mean, even last year, um, Mark Ingram missed four games. So it, I, you know, I see a little more, but still, even when he came in, I mean, Alvin Kamara, you know, had a total. Wait, what is it? This is wrong. Uh, is so wrong. Alvin Kamara was ranked number twenty nine in touch percentage mm-hmm. among all running backs, twenty nine with a forty one point nine percent. The guys that are on the top is uh, the Sony Michels, the Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette. You, you have you have players that have been touching the ball way more than him. You know, so. To get him select to select a person like that, uh, a player like that. Although he's a great fantasy player, I'm not gonna go against or say, "Whoa, you're wrong for selecting him as your first pick." You know, uh, he's ranked 29 on touch percentage, so it, he's not touching the ball all the time. Right, but still, the guy, the, you know, but that's also I'm sure t- touch percentage maybe is on based on carries, not on catches. You know, he does a lot of the catches. Possibly, I'm saying you're right. I know yeah. what you mean, but. Um, you know, he's, he's a beast, you know, but the thing is, he's, regardless of the committee he's in, last year he still averaged 23.6 fantasy points per game. So he's still a beast no matter what. I mean, he averaged more per game than Ezekiel Elliott. You know, he had more points than Ezekiel. Ezekiel Elliott only missed one game, but Alvin Kamara was in the committee all those games. Alvin Kamara even missed one game as well. He, he only played 15 games. Uh, so he's a top four for us, but he's not a number one, correct? Yeah. But he's like, I'd say for me, he's third. I have him rank as third overall. You have him third? Yeah. I have him, I think I have him second. You have him second? Okay. Well, so. I think I have him second or third. No, I have him, mm, yeah, third, I guess. So, between number one and two, which these two guys, not only did they both play the full uh, 16 games, it is ridiculously close how much they both finished when it came to total. You know how much they both had in fantasy points? Who do you think had more fantasy points between Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey? Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley had more fantasy points. Oh, really? By point 
three. By, yeah, it was something. By, by point by three, points. they both ended up. Well, they both ended up with three hundred eighty-five fantasy points in PPR formats. Mm-hmm. But Christian McCaffrey had three eighty-five point five. Saquon had three eighty-five point eight. They both ended up with an average of twenty-four point one point points per game last year. Um, so the argument goes between Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Who would you take number one? Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey be your number one overall pick. Yeah, he's my number one overall pick. You know, snap percentage, he's number one. Saquon Barkley is number two. Touch percentage, uh, Saquon is number one. <laughs> and uh, and Christian McCaffrey goes down. But he is a PPR monster, Christian McCaffrey. So is Saquon. Saquon. But I'm going to go with the better offense. I felt... I feel that the Carolina yeah, McCaffrey, Panthers. McCaffrey only had 16 more catches. That's it. In the whole year. That's all he had. Only 16 more catches. And he only had three more targets than Saquon. That's yeah. it. I'm, I'm going to go Also, with Saquon back. had Le'Veon at, at Odell Beckham Jr. Had a, you know, kind of, I would say last year, even, even last year with just Odell alone, that they had a better receiving core than the Panthers, right or wrong. With Odell alone. Yeah, but I think this year they're going to stuff the box. They're going to play with more in the box. Than the season before. Now you have a depleted offense for the Giants. So, like, you could say, all right, so now they have depleted offense in the wide receiving core. Maybe this, that means more touches for Saquon Barkley, but it might be tough touches. It might be touches that he has to kind of just grind it out. Compared to Christian McCaffrey, who just, you know, like, you, you, have, you, st- you have to keep account of Cam Newton, you know? You, I know you don't expect him to run the ball as much or be explosive, but, you know, he is a good quarterback. And they have these developing wide receivers that it might be a, one of them might have a breakout year, either Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore. So uh, I'm going to go with the better offense, which means the better, the one, the, the team that's going to give the opportunity for the player to have more of a touchdown touchdown upside um my number one pick overall would be saquon barkley but i have question marks on both sides and i have pros and cons for both sides so it's like splitting hairs and i'm not gonna lie a part of me is a little bit biased too like i would love to have as a giants fan would love to have saquon barkley on it but unbiasedly it's just literally splitting hairs i just think because look at it this way they're both great pass catchers correct yes they are but if you were to just run the ball, just handing off the ball, who do you think is the better person to hand it off to, Saquon or Christian McCaffrey? Uh, I guess I don't know if I'm being biased. Barkley, I, Barkley I, just 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 off the just off the eye test alone is the better runner, ball ball but carrier. If you have seen Christian McCaffrey in in college. How college what, is what totally great, different. What, what college is totally was. different. Totally different. They both Christian McCaffrey's already had this is his third year in the NFL. Yeah. And so we can't say what he did in college compared to what he's doing now. We can't compare that. That's totally different. Saquon, you know, what we saw what he did in college is the reason he was taken number two overall in the NFL draft. But, you know, what we see them doing this year, how many tackles he's breaking, how many tackles he's evading, like he's 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 a freaking nature athlete, Saquon. So I think Saquon not by much is the better running back. But when you're talking about loading the boxes, I mean, I also think that they're going to load the box against the Panthers as well. Why wouldn't they? I mean, it's not like they have a wide receiving core that's going to scare you. Is anybody really scared of DJ Moore yet? By the way, if you haven't seen on BFB podcast, check out our Instagram. It's a really funny video. I think um, Steve Smith made DJ Moore crap his pants. 
it's it's yeah he really just watch it you'll see dj Moore there like he didn't know what to say he's like looks a little pretty intimidated you know as, as short as the guy steve smith is he could be a pretty intimidating guy um <clears throat> so what was my point my point was about loaded boxes right i mean they don't have a wide receiver core that's going to scare you the panthers but here's an interesting fact that matthew barry posted on his on his instagram about the 2018 leaders in yards per carry against loaded boxes right so against the loaded boxes Christian McCaffrey was actually third. He was third against it with 5.63 yards per carry against a loaded box. So that's really encouraging for even if they do load the box against Christian McCaffrey. Saquon wasn't in this top five. You know who's number one overall with with yards per carry against loaded boxes? Uh, Philip Lindsay. No. It's a good guess, though. Alvin Kamara? No, you're probably not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. Give me a conference or division. I'll just tell you. We're not going to waste too much time. We still got more to talk about. <laughs> okay. Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. With 6.29. Wow. That's crazy. Against yeah. loaded boxes. Uh, anyhow, so the thing is, is uh, I just think, Saqu- and like you said, like you mentioned before, you know, we feel that, you know, the well, Panthers obviously have a better quarterback. You know, we feel like they're going to have a better offense. But like I said, the Giants, their offensive line has been beefed up. And I think also with the trades they did with the Brown, where they got that, I, I forget his name, but they got a lineman from the Browns, and he's one of the best linemen in the league. So they've, they, their offensive line last year got improved, and their offensive line this year has got improved with the additions that they made. So I, I, just, I just honestly just see that the Giants' offensive line has been better. They prepared it for Saquon, and they're going to use him. He's the main guy with no Sterling Shepard. Right. Well, well, excuse me, not saying no Sterling Shepard. With Sterling Shepard hurt, we don't know if he's going to miss any time yet, but he might. He might miss time. With Golden Tate missing four games, we we don't, we know he's trying to um, appeal it. We don't know if he's actually going to appeal it. We doubt that he's going to actually get the appeal. But with those with those guys gone, you know what I mean? He need, you need someone else in the receiving, the receiving core. I just think they're going to pass it more to Saquon. He's going to be the receiving leader for that team in yards and catches. And I, I just think that he's going to be benefiting the most. I mean, the only thing that scares me also with the Giants, not the only thing, but another thing that scares me with the Giants is the fact that they might have like a totally washed season. So they might rest Saquon a little more, but he's not competing for touches over there. No one, you know, he's not competing with Rod Smith, with uh, Wayne Goleman, with Paul Perkins. He's not competing with any of those guys for touches. He's the clear number one. Like I said, he could miss eight weeks and come back on week nine and be like, all right, I'm the best player on the team. And that's what he is. He's the best player on his team. So I just think being the best player on that team in a beefed-up offensive line that he's going to excel because he's just a freak of nature by himself. He creates you know, he creates so much for himself as it is. But Christian McCaffrey, also, if you pick the number one, he's my number two right now, Christian McCaffrey, not by much. By, like, splitting hairs, is he my number two, Christian McCaffrey? Okay. You know, he's... Uh, like you said, um, which was also good to know in a North Turner offense out of the eight out of the past nine years, the lead back in a North Turner offense has gotten at least 200 carries. At least 200 carries. That's a lot of carries, a lot of opportunity to score an abundance of fantasy points. So I um, so you say Christian McCaffrey for number one. I say Christian McCaffrey. I say Saquon Barkley for number one. We both agree with Alvin Kamara for number three, third pick. But we wouldn't even get mad if somebody took a number one, right? No, I won't. I won't be mad at all. I'd be a little upset. I would say to take Alvin Kamara over Saquon and Christian McCaffrey. Honestly, thinking about it, like, no, don't do it to yourself. Eh, well, you know, it's it. 
it, it, you know, if someone has a gut feeling or something, you know, they, they're going to go for it. No, of course. No, t- take who you want. Take who you want. But doesn't mean that we can't feel a certain way about that pick. Like, wow. Or, you know, if they take Alvin Kamara number one and we get the second overall pick and then we wanted our guy, like, thank you. Thank you know what you. I mean? Like, yeah. Or yeah. third or whatever. Yeah, like, I'll thanks be, a lot. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. So Early would you Christmas present? Would you take Saquon? Would you take Zeke fourth? At this moment, no, I wouldn't either. At this moment, I won't take him. Who would you take fourth? I could go either with a wide receiver or you know, like a DeAndre Hopkins. But if I have to pick a running back, it will be maybe uh, uh, David Johnson. I think I'll go with David Johnson. I'd probably go Hopkins. Hopkins. But I said I'll go Hopkins, but if I have to pick a running back. Well, why do you have to? You, no, if you read the zero RB let, approach let, on the let, website, you'll let, see that you don't have to. Let's say we had a BF and bet, and you say, hey, listen, with your fourth pick, you have to pick a running back, even even if DeAndre Hopkins is on Why the would that be? That's not a bet. No, that's let's if you say, lost let's, a bet. Let's say if I lost a bet. Oh, okay. Yeah, if I lost a bet, and that's that's the you know the situation. Like, I have to pick a running back, even if the best wide receiver is on the board on the, in my fourth or fifth selection. Then I'll say, you know, David Johnson. I probably put Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson. Le'Veon? I got Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson. Mm, yeah, well, you know, call me crazy, but yeah, I, I, it, I, I, still, I still think he's going to dom- he's still going to dominate and kill. Yeah, like at least I know with David Johnson, I'm you know last year he ended up as a wire, uh, running back nine, you know, running back nine, running back ten. ten, ten. So that's what at least I have. That's my floor. I'm hoping that's my floor. <laughs> You know, with Le'Veon Bell, he's in a new team one year off. You don't know. Adam Gase? Just Le'Veon Bell has proven more years to be more productive than David Johnson. David Johnson had that one monster year. He's still on a bad team with a bad offensive line with an unproven rookie quarterback with an unproven coach. So Jets' offensive line is not that good either. I never said anything about the offensive line for the Jets. Okay. I just said that Le'Veon Bell's no, proven himself and better. And I think that they're going to, not for nothing, I think that the Jets are going to be a better offense. I, as of this moment right now, I believe more in Sam Donald, Darnold than I do in um, Kyler Murray at this moment right now. And I just think he has, you know, just just besides Life is Gerald, which you all love Life is Gerald. There's only love, but, you know, nothing not to love about Life is Gerald. But I like the wide receiver core over there in the Jets, too. I don't love it. No, I, I like Robbie Anderson. I like even where Robbie Anderson is going in the fantasy drafts. I like uh, Jamison Crowder, but nobody in our league does enough to take your trade for him. But, um, yeah, so I, I just I just trust in the Jets offense a little bit more than I do in the Cardinals at this given point. I trust more. And I could be wrong about that. I'm not saying, excuse me, I'm not here saying it's better. I'm just saying that I trust it more. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. All right. So let's move on to talk about the rest of our running backs. Uh, we left off at uh, round four. So we're going to go through the rounds as uh, best as we can with the second half of our show. So uh, one running back that I didn't get discussed about that's going at the end of the fourth round, which I'm extremely happy about that's going end of the fourth round because this is another guy that is a candidate that goes into my zero RB approach. Once again, when I write about it, if you go to the betterfantasybureau.com and check out our website, uh, check out the, the blog, you know, the post I wrote on uh, about on the article about the zero RB approach. It's not saying that you have to go this route, that this route will win you your league. I'm not saying that running backs are not important. I'm not saying that they're not scarce either. I'm not saying that, you know, why, you know, there's not a lot of wide receivers. Of course, there's abundance of wide receivers. There's way more wide receivers than there are running backs. 
I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you don't take one early, do not panic. You understand what I mean? Like, just don't. Like, if you take running backs early, you're not panicked because you're feeling like you get wide receivers you'll get later, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, that's all the point is about the the article that don't panic if you don't get a running back early there are still running backs to get in later rounds people make it seem like there's nothing to get out there there's no running backs to get out there you know if you study enough the the depth charts if you study the articles enough if you read enough about fantasy football you could look into players if you watch the games enough you know what I mean? You could see about players and you could make your decisions. Like I remember I'll give you the best example. One time I took Carson Wentz with the last pick in the draft as my backup quarterback behind Tyrod Taylor. And this was in Carson Wentz's second year. Tyrod. Tyrod, excuse me. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor. And this was in his second year, Carson Wentz. Yeah. And look at him now. You know what I mean? He dominated. He killed. But that's because I, you know, I that now granted quarterbacks you can find much later. The point was is that you could find somebody in the later rounds. Like, you know, you took James Conner last year, and look what he did. Granted, the situation was there. We took Alvin Kamara late one year. Well, look what he did. Take James White late last year. Look what he did. It's just there. So James White, speaking about now, is another guy that's going towards the end of the fourth round. One thing I like about him is that in the, not so much how much Brady loves him, how much Brady trusts him, how much, you know, Brady's definitely going to throw the ball to him. He's one of the most elite pass-catching backs in the league. But... Brady actually thrown in the past three years to his running backs more than he has to his tight end, which was Gronk. And he's thrown more to his running backs in the past three years, believe think, it or not. I think it's because of his age. You know, he's he's up there. He's Skeletor. <laughs> and, uh, more. you know, he's playing more of the dink and dunk. You know, he's not showing off his arm as he used to. So, you know, they're changing the office scheme a little bit. That's why Julian Edelman is, uh, you know, it's, it's an asset in wide receiver, as a wide receiver for the Patriots. And, you know, James White kind of fits that mode, you know, and with the dink and dunk that they're, they're doing now, you know. So uh, uh, it's, it's a change of scheme that they have. And, you know, James White is a benefit, uh, benefactor, you know, and Julian Edelman. So, yeah, James White is a player, you know, of course, that uh, I could see, you know, paying dividends. He paid dividends last season. Yeah, I, I see him ending out just outside the top 10. You know what I mean? I see him ending ending in a year just outside it. Maybe somewhere I think about like running back 12 to 16 around that range. I see him. So, but you're getting him in the fourth round. Like if you took a zero RB approach and you went wide receiver heavy, then you took James White. That's a good cushion there to take. You know what I mean? Like that's a... A solid running back to have, to especially in, P- in PPR formats, of course. Um, oh, by the way, this is interesting. I don't. I just heard this the other day listening to Fantasy Football's podcast. You know, you know what's an interesting fact? This is completely off topic, so we're not going to spend too much time about this. But you know how Odell was drafted the same year as Sammy Watkins? Yeah. Who's, oh. who's more injury prone, Odell or Sammy Watkins? I think uh, Sammy Watkins is known to be more injury prone. Right. Because he gets hurt every season. Right. He missed multiple games. Like, he gets hurt multiple times in a season. Right. You know what's funny? He's actually played more games than Odell. Yeah, I can see that. But the thing is, Odell doesn't have that injury prone tag on him. I guess because he's just that good. He's just just that good that nobody really puts that injury prone tag. And Odell's shown to be injury prone, but he doesn't get that tag on him. I just didn't believe it. I, I really didn't believe that. That Sammy Watkins has played more games than Odell Beckham Jr. I, I also, what has to 
being players that Sammy Watkins has so far been a bust. Like even the play, the games he has played besides, I think his first his rookie season is he hasn't performed his his selection as, as as a draft pick. You know, he hasn't performed to the hype. You know, so on top of not performing the injuries, so he's as a result an injury prone player that's already on his what third fourth team. You know, so. I just, I just the thing is I I just think it's just crazy that he's actually played he's in injury pro one and he's played more games than which, Odell, which makes me think maybe I should go target Sammy Watkins. Maybe oh, maybe I'll no bring no, him up. no no maybe no I'll bring no, him up. no 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 no. We're maybe I'll bring him up in the wide no, receiver. No no uh, no. We're not uh, telling episode. people to target Sammy Watkins. You're, you're you're destroying the show by saying that. No no. Don't do that. He has played more don't, games than Odell Beckham. It doesn't mean you draft him. <laughs> well, you're paying a price right. for Odell Beckham in the first round. All right. No, no, this is going. Yeah, but Odell's way better. This is we're going way off topic. All right. Okay. I just wanted to mention about the just just the game thing that, that just blew my mind. I saw that. <laughs> All right, a player that you know, I do like the James White pick. You know, if you feel that he's going to perform just like he did last season, and uh, as you have shown the trends that uh, the Patriots are throwing more to their running back, that's a good selection. Uh, one that in the fourth round I like is Chris Carson. Chris Carson is a player, you know, that, you know, he performed last season and he ended up, you know, he he was a league winner for me and my standard. I know this is a PPR, but now that they have Mike Davis out, who had 146 touches last season, there's 146 more touches to be split between him and Rashad Penny. I know you don't like Rashad Penny. Nope. So uh, you're, you're probably more on my side on this one. So Chris Carson... In a Seattle Seahawks uh, team that seems like they're running the ball more, they're one of the top teams running the ball. Chris Carson is a player that that's going as a you know running back fifteen at the moment. No, no, I mean a running back. Um, what is he end up running back twenty four? And last season he ended up as a running back fifteen. So you're definitely going to get value with a player that you could get in the fourth round that you know, could potentially be RB1, but for sure it's going to be RB2. There's, so in standard formats, I have Chris Carson above James White. But James White in PPR formats, I'd rather take him. They're both going neck and neck. They're both going as 47th and 48th overall in uh, average, in, in ADPs. But I have James White over him. I like the Chris Carson pick. It's just that if I'm a PPR game and I go like three rounds of wide receivers, I'd be more comfortable taking James White in PPR than Chris Carson. Uh, and, you know, I, I totally understand. You're talking about James White, who has 71 targets last season compared to Chris Carson, who had 24 targets. Yeah, I like, um, I you know, and plus because I think I really do believe, I'm starting to believe more and more. Now, I don't believe in Rashad Penny's talent. I really do not. I genuinely do not. Can he prove me wrong? Of course he could prove me wrong. I mean, at the same time, who the hell am I for him to prove him wrong? I mean, I'm just a you know regular schmo recording this podcast out of my basement. But he um, he's definitely going to be splitting the work with Chris Carson. Now, we all know the backfield of a New England Patriots backfield is hard to predict and hard to understand. But we do know James White is going to be the pass catching back. We do know that. That's going to happen regardless. Unless, you know, with the draft pick that they, they brought in, Damian Harris. No, he's uh, not going to be the pass catching back. And you got Rex Burkhead. He's not going to be the pass. We've, we've had Red Burkhead for years. <laughs> you had Rex Burkhead for the pre- past three years. Doesn't scare me at all. All right? I'm not worrying about Rex Burkhead. Um, so, so, yeah, but I, I do like the Chris Carson uh, 
pick. Uh, going on into the fifth round, somebody that I like that stands out to me a lot, and I like him a lot better than his teammate, Tariq Cohen. I'm very, very comfortable if I went three wide receivers and then I took James White and Chris Cohen, I mean, Tariq, Chris Cohen, Tariq Cohen, excuse me, because Chris Cohen scored towards the end of the fifth round. If I took James White and then I got myself a Chris Cohen, I mean, Tariq Cohen, why? Because Chris Carson. See, you're messing me up. Cohen Carson. <laughs> ah, Lord. If I took Tariq Cohen as my RB2, I'd be very happy with that. I think there's more value in Tariq Cohen than there is in David Montgomery. Now, granted, he's still going to split work with David Montgomery. He's still going to, you know, Mike Davis might get some goal line work here and there. But the thing of the thing is, I think with the Bears is more importantly their defense than their offense. They have an elite defense, and they have an offense that I'm not so much trusted with yet. But when it comes to the pass catchers on a team, I trust Tariq Cohen more than I do Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Trey Burden, Taylor Gabriel. I trust Tariq Cohen as a pass catcher more than those three guys. So if I'm getting him at the end of a fifth round pick for a guy who ended up last year as running back 11, so you can see where the where the ceiling is. Yeah. Now I don't think it's going to be that much because definitely Dave Montgomery is going to factor into that and is going to hold him back from reaching that plateau again. But the point is, he has that ability. He's talented. He has the skill set to do all that, and. I, he's still going to be utilized. He's not going to be forgotten. Matt Nagy has shown as a head coach that he could um, thrive like Sean Payton does with his running back by committee. You know, Jordan Howard was still getting an abundance of touches and Tariq Cohen was still surpassing him a lot. So maybe David Montgomery is like the Jordan Howard 2.0, the better version of Jordan Howard. Now, what's important is about three Cohen is that you're going to see those first three games because they wanted to use Jordan Howard more as a pass catcher. That's what they were saying. They wanted to use him a lot more in the passing game, and he's shown that he was terrible at it, that he is not good at it. Granted, over there in Philly, they're saying he's doing good as a pass catcher. We shall see. But he did not do good in Chicago as a pass catcher. So then Tariq Cohen, who is a great pass catcher, showed that he could do good with that role. So I, I think there's a lot of value with Tariq Cohen. I much rather take him over David Montgomery, especially even more so for the fact of where he's going. He's going in the, in the end of the fifth round for his ADP. I would I love Tariq Cohen at that ADP. In the fifth round, I'm probably not going to be selecting a running back. Uh, in the hopes, if I do, I'm gonna end up jumping for a player with which I feel like is gonna jump more on the boards, and that's Lamar Miller. Uh, I know you mentioned Lamar Miller before. Uh, you're liking him because he's consistent. And yeah, now, Lamar Miller's going like in the, end of the, the beginning of the sixth. Beginning of the sixth, but he's going to jump up. And he's going as early as the fourth round. If you look at the, uh, you know. So Tariq Cohen's going as early as the third. Like, Yeah. But to me, I, I, in the fifth round, I don't, I don't really like any of the running backs that are going. You, know, you don't like Tariq Cohen? Uh, no, I'm not really convinced with any Sony Michelle. If I have, if you're if you're forcing my hand to pick a running back in the fifth round, it will, it will have to be Sony Michelle because we know for for a fact that Sony Michelle is going to be the one that's going to be the ball carrier. We for don't. The Patriots. It's the Patriots. We don't know that. He ha, he has shown it in the playoffs. You know, if you look at last season, last season he he carried the ball 209 times. And almost rushed for a thousand yards. Yeah, last year we thought it was going to be more Rex Burkhead than that, and he ended up as an RB three. 
But yeah, at the beginning it was Rex Burke, Burkhead, right? So he and, he, and and Sony Michelle only played thirteen games. He ended up as an RB three. Yeah, RB three, running back thirty five. Oh, okay. Yeah. You third overall. Excuse no, me. no way, man. Uh, yeah, RB three. So a running back thirty five. If you had to force my hand, like Tevin Coleman, you know he's going the sixth round, so he's he's a player you could consider. But in the fifth round, you know you there's only. Sony Michelle and Tariq Cohen. Like, so you don't like Tariq Cohen in the fifth round? No, I don't like him. You don't like the running back 11 in the fifth round? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like him. I, gotcha. I, 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 I don't like go. an RB1 in the fifth round. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I want to bet that he's, he's not going to end up as what you think. I didn't say I he was going to end up what you think, but I a think guy that has that ceiling going in the fifth round and I, taking him as an RB2, I'm perfectly happy with that. I, I, I think David Montgomery is going to take a lot of touches away from him. But he's still going to end up as an RB two. He's not going to outside the top and, twenty. And you have Mike Davis. He's definitely going to get some touches as well. Yeah, and yeah. he's a pass catching back as well. Did Tariq Cohen in the fifth round is extreme value. All right, that's that's what you feel. And I'm not going with Tariq Cohen in this in this in this round. I'm not going with a running back in this round. If I have to choose one, it will be Sony Michelle. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for Tariq Cohen. I'll take him because he's a great value in the fifth round. There you go. Take him. Because in the, in the sixth round, though, I'll take a, a player like Lamar Miller. Tariq Cohen's going to do better than Lamar Miller. Well, you know, I'm going to go with uh, someone that I know is going to end up as an RB2. He's, we has we the, don't he know. has the longest streak right now, ending up as a top 24 running back. Lamar Miller, Dude. five seasons in a row. Now with Dante Foreman out the picture. Don't get me wrong. I like Lamar Miller a lot in the sixth round. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do better than Tariq Cohen. I think he has a low floor, Lamar Miller. I mean, uh, he he has a high floor. No, low floor. Low low floor. Yeah, yeah, low floor. And then, but he doesn't have a high ceiling though. Mm-hmm. So to me, he's someone like let's say if I already got a running back on the third or fourth round, this is a player that in the fifth I'll I'll go for a wide receiver, and then in the hopes and in the sixth I'll get Lamar Miller. Okay. And you know, like he he right now with Dante Foreman out of the picture, I feel like he, right. But see, but see now now, all right, because you're you're like, we're talking about running backs. You're telling me I hope I get a wide receiver in fifth. Like now we're talking now I'm, we're I'm talking skipping draft running backs. Yeah, I'm I'm skipping running backs on the fifth round. Okay, like but if you're forcing my hand, I already told you who I'm gonna get. I'm I rather get Sony Michelle instead of Tariq Cohen. So you're you're advising don't take any running backs in the fifth round. If it's my preference, yes. I'm going to like right now. No, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go. I'll rather go with a wide receiver there. Uh, Kenyon Drake's also going to the sixth round. We both don't love him. He's not going to be the main guy. We really don't. We really feel we. I you know. Uh, oh, going on with that in the sixth round. Also, uh, Austin Eckler. If you take Melvin Gordon, if you take Melvin Gordon, you have to take Austin Eckler. Even if you have to jump, even if you have to reach a little bit, you have. To take Austin Eckler because even if you even if Melvin Gordon is he's not your handcuff to Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon is traded, Austin Eckler is going to be the main guy in the Chargers. Even if you don't take Melvin Gordon, we recommend taking Austin Eckler because if you're going to get an RB one for the Chargers offense to stick out there, take him. Yeah, I do like Austin Eckler in the sixth round. You're talking about a player that you know you, if Melvin Gordon misses a few games or even you know half of the season. You're talking about a player that was a top 25 uh, P, uh, running back. Yeah, last, he's, he's you know, somebody uh, that I'm definitely going to look and target to get, 100%. Yeah, so in the sixth round, he's a player that I really, really like. Uh, 
you know, if I if I want to go back in the fifth round, I, if anything, I'll jump ahead and get Lamar Miller, and then in hopes to get Austin Eckler in the sixth round. Uh, moving on down, Darius guys dropping a lot, dropping to the seventh round. Um, I've been saying it for for a while now. Do not take anybody, anybody from the Washington Redskins running back core. The only one I would take is Adrian Peterson. He's the only one that I would take a shot out of anybody for the Redskins. Come on, just take a shot with Rashad Penny. No. I said the Redskins. I know, I know. But I'm saying, you're not going to select any Redskins running back. So I'm like, might as well go that's with That's what Rashad I just Penny. said. And I, I which is what I'm saying. I just said that. Here, tell me Rashad Penny. I thought it's Rashad Penny just to just fool you right now, just to oh, get you. God. Uh, it, but over here, you have to go for Darrell Henderson. That's no, you don't. No? No. I, I have him way low in redrafts. I have him higher in Dynasty than I do in redrafts. So who do you like? Latavius Murray? I like Latavius Murray in this uh, round. No, no, no. It, 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 uh, yeah, Latavius Murray I like in that round, definitely. But see, the thing is with Darrell Henderson, like I said, like a lot of people just think if something goes wrong to Todd Gurley, that Darrell Henderson is going to be that main guy. C.J. Anderson did well for the Rams. They let him go to keep Malcolm Brown. C.J. Anderson signed out of nowhere, and enough, you know, he went from a guy that was, what, what, what team was he on before that? I think the Panthers. He was on the Panthers. Then he went to Oakland for like that week. Then he went to the Rams, and then he's playing in the Super Bowl. He was playing in the Super Bowl. He was the guy that decided to go play within the Super Bowl. But they let him go to keep and re-sign Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown, they still like there. They still like him a lot. A lot of people think that Darrell Henderson is going to be that guy that takes over if Todd Gurley goes down right away. I like him better in Dynasty. I know you got him in Dynasty. I like him better in Dynasty. But for redrafts, I have him way lower than that. I recommend don't taking him for not taking him for redrafts. Now, any running backs in the LA offense does good. But honestly, I rather recommend because Malcolm Brown's going like undrafted. Now, in the unofficial depth chart, they even have right now in the unofficial depth chart, they have Darrell Henderson behind John Kelly and Malcolm Brown. They have John Kelly as number two. But Malcolm Brown is going to be that guy. I would rather take Malcolm Brown with like my last or second to last pick somewhere down there in a draft because he's still going to be utilized. People forget about him a lot. It's not going to be Darrell Henderson. So, uh, you know, that's not somebody that I'm looking, you know, looking to really get there. Miles Sanders, somebody also there in the seventh round that I'm also they're saying he's the best one. They're saying he's running away with the job. They're even they're even saying that he's improving a lot as a as a pass blocker. So that's also just because they say how much he's improving as a pass blocker scares me because maybe they'll utilizing more in the pat in the pass blocking game as opposed to the actual pass catching game. And it's just a huge committee over there. I mean, that's the craziest committee of them all with him. Jordan Howard, Corey Clement, you know, Wendell Smallwood, Darius, uh, Darius Sproles, Darren Sproles. You know, it's just, it's just so many different running backs over there. So I would stay away from any of the Philadelphia running backs. You know, I mean, look, I like if you take a shot at them in, in Dynasty, that I like, but it's such a huge committee. I mean, it's a it's a really good offense, though. That's the big points about it. It's a really good offense behind a very good offensive line with a very good quarterback. So those are the upsides you're looking for. But it's just so hard in a redraft league to predict. Now, if you're going to take a gamble on anybody, I would take the gamble on Miles Sanders here in the seventh because he's already being drafted to be in your bench. But it's, it's, it's tough. And this round... I love Latavius Murray. You're talking about a player that 
easily is gonna like his floor is gonna be RB three. He's gonna he last year he ended up as an RB thirty five, I believe. And you're you're talking about an offense that is definitely gonna be utilizing him as well. Cause one thing we just mentioned earlier in this show is Alvin Kamara's usage. So if Alvin Kamara is not going to get that much of the snap share, guess who's going to get it? Latavius Murray. And if Alvin Kamara gets injured, Latavius Murray has a chance yeah. to be an RB1. As a, you know, and if you're selecting a player, you know, who has proven it? You know, he has proven that he could play in this league. And, you know, I'm not going to say he's like an awesome running back, but... He he's he, did, be, he, he had his moments with Oakland, you know. Yeah, he had his okay. moments in Oakland. You know, people wrote him off a couple times. They felt like in the Vikings, he was not going to do anything. But you know, he came and showed that he 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 got the red zone uh, touches, and you know he he ended up as a RB thirty eight. You know, so not not that bad. And Mark Ingram ended up as a RB thirty two, missing t- four games because of suspension. So even if Mark Ingram Ingram had a uh, you know played a complete season. Just imagine, he probably would have ended up as an RB2. No, I agree. So Latavius Murray is a player that, for sure, if you have your doubts, you're talking about rookie running backs in this round, a few of them, and a player that just came back from a, a big injury, and you're not touching no Washington Redskins running backs. The player you have to go for here, for sure, is a Latavius Murray. Yeah, no, I, I just think that it, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a committee over there in New Orleans. The two, the the two running backs in the Sean Payton offense do still produce, do do well. Does that? I don't know if that's proper broadcasting speaking. <laughs> Crap seems to be the whole theme of today's episode, but he, they they do well. What are you gonna say? No, no, that's just, it is what it is, guys. You know, we're just average Joes. Come on, so uh, so they do well, but you know, so. Latavius Murray, I do like there. <laughs> I don't mind Miles Sanders there in the seventh, but that's about it. Uh, moving on to the eighth round. In the eighth round, I do like, actually, not for nothing, and it depends. This is what it depends. It depends on your draft, right? It depends on your draft. I do like Kareem Hunt. Depends. Now, these are the two oh, scenarios. Oh, man, come on. These are the scenarios. This is where I like him best. You want to know where I like Kareem Hunt best? This is where I like him best, right? If you went on a very balanced approach, Right, like if you went like wide receiver one, running back one in your drafts, your first two rounds, right? You listening? I'm listening. Wide receiver one, running back one in your drafts, right? If you went to a very balanced approach and you have a stud running, you have a stud wide receiver, a stud running back, great tight end, and a and a stud quarterback. So let's say like you went somebody like let's just say for argument's sake, you went like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, James Conner. Right or let's just or even let's say like 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 Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Zach Ertz. Let's say for that for example, right? Okay, you're pretty balanced all around, right? Yeah, I don't mind taking them there because of the fact that once you if you do well enough to get to the playoffs with Kareem Hunt. Now, this is not to say when Kareem Hunt comes back in Week Ten. That he's going to be the main guy and he's going to be a beast. And he's going to be a, for all we know, it is a strong possibility too that Kareem Hunt just comes out of nowhere and is just like terrible, and just doesn't produce and barely plays as they warm him back into NFL shape and NFL rhythm. Right, so it's possible that he could just be terrible, but he's Kareem Hunt. He's shown to be a beast. He's done well. 
granted in that Chiefs offense, but it's another offense that we feel like is going to do very well over there in Cleveland. And he's definitely going to take away some touches. He's definitely going to be involved one way or another 100%, I feel. He's going to be involved. Now, to the extent of that involvement, how much? Is it going to be productive fantasy-wise? I don't know. But for an eighth-round pick, if you're a very balanced team, I like that a lot. And another way I like him a lot is if you go running back heavy. If you take two stud running backs, even three stud running backs, and you have a really good running backs on your team, that's a good trade chip right there because come by week 10, there's going to be a team that's low on running backs. There's going to be a team that desperately needs a running back. And that's a good trade, uh, you know, trade bargaining chip. There's a, you know, team that needs that extra push. You could get, you could get some good value from trading. What happens if you're losing games and you probably lost uh, uh, a running back early on or two? Well, look at the other running backs you're going to take there. I mean, I get it with Royce Freeman and Jordan Howard, but they're still not guaranteed, you know, to produce anyways. You know what I mean? But there's the opportunity. If if they were playing right now. Kareem has zero opportunity for for the first eight games. First nine. He's suspended nine games, not eight games? No, he suspended eight games. Yeah, so the first, he has zero opportunity. But they have a bye week, week seven. Okay, so. So first, I'm saying first nine weeks. I said first eight games. I didn't say weeks, though. Mm -hmm. All right, so for the first eight games that he's playing, he has zero opportunities. Meanwhile, you have Freeman there that's going to get the opportunities. And you're banking. You're banking. Pretty much you're banking on your team being healthy. And then, first of all, no matter what, anywhere, yeah, you're always banking on your team being healthy. That's okay. any scenario. Okay. The scenario you're talking about is any scenario, any given time, no matter where you're, what you draft, no matter what. All right. Well, there's a gamble with any player you take anytime, anywhere. You could take Christian McCaffrey as a number two, and he could get hurt. It does. You know, I get it. I'm not. You're not wrong in your point, but it's not like it's such a specific point that, like, oh my God, this happens. You're screwed. That's anytime in any draft of fantasy football. You're not wrong, but that's you know what I mean. Right now, if they if he was playing right away, who would you rather have? Jordan Howard, Kareem Hunt, or Royce Freeman? But that's not the real life right it's now. It's not the real life right now. But it's I'm not saying, the real life. But, but obviously, the, the obvious answer is Kareem Hunt. Right. 99.9% of the chance is going to be uh, people going to select Kareem Hunt on that so, Right. On that situation. But that's not the situation that's going no, on now. No, it's not. No, it's not. But what I'm saying is, like, when it comes, if your team is balanced enough, or if you have enough running backs that you could, like, hold out and you could use them as a trade bargaining chip at the end, or you could trade one of the other running backs that you drafted and you wanted to trade them away if they've been doing good all year long, come time to the playoffs, he's going to help you. He might help you. I believe because, he will. Because but you, that's, still, that's, you, that's, you still have Nick Chubb there, Odell Beckham. You have you have the tight end. You have Jarvis Landry. No, you have, yeah, you have a lot of mouths to feed there. How many snaps is he going to get? No, no, no. I, I, I think he's going to get play, enough snaps. I think he's going to be productive enough. I think he's going to be involved enough. Because you're talking about Kareem Hunt was ranked number seven in in in, in snap percentage that he had, you know, with uh, with – let me see. Yeah, snap per game. Yeah, with the Chiefs. He was number seven with 45.9 snaps per game. He's not going to get that many snaps with the Browns unless, unless of course, Nick Chubb gets injured, right? But I'd rather go. There's eight games there. My, why not take a chance with a Royce Freeman? Well, I just explained why. Because in my scenarios, if you go in a balanced offense or if you go running back heavy and you have a trade bargaining chip at the end, I just feel that, and it's anything you do with fantasy football, anything you do is going to be a gamble. I feel by taking a gamble on him, I think it's going to pay off in the playoffs. I'm not saying go ahead and get him, but remember, he's an eighth-round pick. 
This is your bench anyways you're looking at. You're looking at building on your bench. Now, the biggest, the biggest, the worst thing about Kareem Hunt is you're burning a roster spot for so long. Yeah. I get it. Can't even put him on IR. But look at it, but look at it, look at it this way. Look at it this way. Like in the, I have a keeper league. I have Aaron Jones in the sixth round. I'm probably gonna take Kareem Hunt there. It's a 14 team league. 14 teams, and I got Aaron Jones in the sixth round. I could take some other running backs going forward using Aaron Jones. And I could probably burn a roster spot with Kareem Hunt because I already have a, a, a very good running back that I'm taking in the sixth round. You understand what I'm saying? So for that situation, I'm probably in that 14 team league. I'm more than likely going to be targeting Kareem Hunt. I took him in our dynasty league, but that dynasty is a little different. You know, you could hold on to him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if if you want to hold, if you're okay burning a roster spot and waiting for nine weeks, eight games, and, and waiting for what you have potential with Kareem Hunt. Then by all means, I just think it just depends chance. on what you did with your draft, how your team is looking. Remember, this is why you gotta do mock drafts, yep. do your mocks, and see how the team is going, how the draft is going. If it's going a certain way, then I think it's okay to take him. Yeah, you know all what right. I mean. I just feel like in pl- come playoff time for redraft league for redraft purposes, he's gonna help you in the playoffs. Either he helps you as on your team, or he helps you because you could trade him away for somebody else. Fair enough, because that's gonna happen where him or another person or another player on the team or the cream hunt owner is gonna tr- trade him. Uh, so moving on down here. Now we're looking at to like the handcuffs. The other, they say starter. It, it still doesn't think he's going to be a starter. Ronald Jones is second. I still don't think he's going to be doing anything. I don't recommend don't drafting him. I think Peyton Barber is going to be that main guy. Uh, so, you know, and he's going lower than him. He's going in the 10th. You, you know what's, uh, his player comp? What? Ronald Jones. Who's Ronnie Hillman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not selecting him. I yeah. was looking at his college, uh, his college uh, uh, stats and stuff. He's not convincing. He's a speedster. That's about it. He gained like 15 pounds now. So, but you know, his run block, you know, he, he, his pass blocking is not that great, and you know, he, he can't catch. So, uh, yeah, keep moving along as we also we almost finished. We gotta get wrap up the show. Kalen Balaj, I think it's a lot of value there. The only thing about Kalen Balaj, I feel that he's gonna be the main guy in Miami. I think he's going to be that running back one. I think in the 10th round, you take Kalen Balaj. You got a running back one there in the 10th round. The problem is it's not a good offense. And it's not a good offensive line. And it's not like Kalen Balaj is a great running back. It's almost the same thing with Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber is also going towards the end of the 10th round. But same thing. There's two running back ones, starting running backs, who are going at the end of the 10th round in bad offenses. I think the Tampa Bay offense is better than the Miami offense. The battle of who's better in Florida. But, uh, but it's just I think that Kalen, but still, there's value there for getting a starting running back in Kalen Balaj, you know, like a starter. It is just value there to get a starter. That's at the end of the day, it is a tenth pick. Tenth pick, you start looking. Some people start looking more at quarterbacks or defenses around that time. For handcuffs, you got to go f- with Jalen Samuels. Mm. You know, I know you're going Kalen Balaj because he might potentially be a starter. Jalen Samuels, I mean, going in the ninth round. Ninth round, and if you look at the last. Uh, the last uh, five games he played last season, he ended up as an RB20. I mean, J- J- Jalen Samuels is more of a value if if you handcuffing, if you have James Conner. That's a situational thing. If you have James Conner, go for James Samuels. You know what I mean? All right. If you don't have James Conner, you know, because you have a James Conner, you have a starting running back. If you have Kalen Balaj, you have another possible starting running back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Carlos Hyde is a lot of value there. Give Damian Williams keeps getting hurt. I know you love Carlos Hyde now that you have him. Yeah. Uh, in the dynasty, I have him. Yeah, and hamstrings is no joke. No, I'm still, I'm still well, trying to recover Williams. from my hamstring from playing flag football like seven seasons. Yeah, ago seasons, <laughs> seven seasons ago. 
Uh, but Damian, but you know, Carlos Hyde and Damian Williams are both there in their age, but definitely for redraft they have value. I there. can't believe Payne Barber is going that low. I can. I mean, he did good last year, a couple of games. You see him some games, he was going like twenty points per game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that he's just, you know, he's still young to have. I took him in the Dynasty League. I mean so yeah, no, he he's not no wild guy, but um Yeah, he's not a wild guy, but he's not like a you know, like the worst you could do worse than him. But you know? he I I believe he's gonna have the opportunity. I'd rather him over Gito Gito, Ito Smith, you know what I mean? Uh Alexander Madison is definitely somebody that I'm definitely looking to target because I firmly believe that Dalvin Cook will not play a full season. I am I believe that very much. I believe Dalvin Cook, when we talk about the sleepers, keepers, and weepers, yeah, I think he's gonna be a weeper. I think he's gonna be a bust. Because of the fact, it's not because of his talents. It's not because of the offense he's in. It's because of he's going to be hurt. I just think he's going to be that guy. He's a new Arian Foster. Dalvin Cook for me. But don't, but the difference is Arian Foster actually ended up as like a running back one. You know what I mean? He actually ended up as like a first overall pick. Dalvin Cook showed some crazy flash and made some, you know, you know, crazy highlights and was shown a lot of greatness in his rookie year and also some plays last year. But he, to me, is a new Arian Foster. He's always going to be hurt. It's scary when he gets hurt. And I think Alexander Madison is going to definitely take advantage of that. And I like Alexander Madison a lot in the 11th round. Over here, I do like Justice Hill. You're talking about the I – know, I know you love Mark Ingram. But just I don't love Mark Ingram. I, love, just, I don't like I don't love him. I don't I like – I know. Who said I love him? You love him, bro. Since when have you listened to the show that I when, said I love Mark Ingram? Every time you mention Mark Ingram – you sound like you don't love him, but I can see it in your eyes. Oh, stop. In your oh, eyes. Oh, stop. Your eyes. I'm not even looking at you. <laughs> no, nah, but I do like Justice Hill. I believe he is the most most talented player here. Uh, Mark Ingram, he's, you know, I feel like he's descending. He's been consistent. You know, I know just two seasons ago, he ended up as RB1, you know, top top 12 running back. But I feel like this is the Justice Hill's going to take the reins eventually during the season in this uh, running attack offense. I totally disagree with you. I totally feel that you should not judge Justice Hill, especially in redraft leagues. I don't mind him in Dynasty. I don't like him in redraft leagues because of the fact that there's no opportunity. Lamar Jackson is going to run. They said that Lamar Jackson is going to beat Cam Newton's rushing record. Cam Newton has the record for the most rushing attempts out of any quarterback in the NFL ever. Yeah. They said that Justin Hill, that Lamar Jackson is going to beat that. So with Lamar Jackson running as much as he does, with Mark Ingram, you know, is going to run the ball as well. There's not going to be a chance for Justice Hill to run the ball. So I, that's why I don't. I just don't. I don't like Justice Hill at all because of the opportunity. I do not recommend him at all for redraft leagues. You like him because of you saves his talent. Okay, but to me, he's a rookie. We don't really know what his talent's going to be like in the NFL. And it's too many other people running the ball between just Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson alone. There's too many running the ball as it is. So I don't like him at all. I do like him. Uh, he dominated his NFL combine. And uh, I feel like, you know, with a, te- with a team that's going to be running the ball so but much. He, but other people are going to be doing it. It's not going to be him. No, I know. But there's still opportunity. Like, no, there's not. Like, just like Alvin Kamara, he does less with the opportunities he has. But Justice, he splits it with just Hill. one other person. He's yeah. got split it with two other people who are going to dominate. Alvin Kamara, Mark, Mark Ingram, and Lamar Jackson is the Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. All right. You know what I mean? There was no third running back running the ball. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? All right, cool. I'm going to select them in, in, in our league. Well, and you're, watch. You're, you're, you're giving out. I, my opinion, 
Don't listen to Marquetti when it comes to taking Justice Hill in redraft leagues. All right, guys. He's not going to have any opportunity. <laughs> the opposite of that, for a person who does going to get an opportunity, I feel, is Devin Singletary. Now, they're saying he's getting the first team reps right now, that he's getting in, keep an eye on it for the preseason. Sean McCoy is, you know, is going to be hurt. You know, he's the older guy. Frank Gore is an older guy. He's learning behind these older guys, but he's ahead of the unofficial depth chart as of the moment. He's ahead of TJ Yeldon. So I like Devin Singh. I love him in Dynasty. I took him in Dynasty. I like Great him. job. I read, I forgot which Instagram, Fantasy Sports Instagram I read. There's a bunch that we follow over there. I read in one of them that they said that Devin Singletary is going to be this year's Alvin Kamara. Now, nobody's saying he's going to be as good as Kamara. But he's going to be that super late pick that's in the back of the depth chart that's going to explode and show to be show to have a lot of productivity. And they showed his stats of what he did in college. And granted, he was in a weak division. You know what I mean? But still, it, you know, with Florida Atlantic University. But he has shown to be a very good running back. And I think he's in a good position with an offense that's trending towards the right direction. You know and, a, I mean? and a team that's rebuilding. Yeah, and a rebuild team that's rebuilding in the right direction. And I think he's going to be a part of that. Uh, I just think that he's going to have more opportunity because of the fact that LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore are either going to be hurt. Well, Frank Gore, probably not. He's, like, indestructible. <laughs> but LaShawn McCoy, I feel like, is going to probably be hurt. But not even so much that. I just feel like they're not going to be doing much with it. I think they're going to be training more Devin Singletary to pass off the reins to him, and he's going to take full advantage of it. I think he's going to be out. He's going to outperform the two. That's what I feel. I feel that like Devin Singletary is going to outperform uh, LaShawn Le- McCoy and Frank Gore at this stage in their careers. Uh, I do like that pick. Uh, there, it, you know, adding the ages of these running backs that are in that, that team, he does have the opportunity. Uh, where are your feelings on Deion Lewis? I don't mind him. I don't mind him. 13th round. I mean, we are, we already had a leg problem with uh, Derek Henry. Uh, He's definitely more the pass catching back for that team. You know what it is? 13 round. What am I really wasting? I don't mind it. He ended up as a RB 28 last season. Granted the last six games played Derek Henry, just like when lights out, went went ham, but you know, and then he ended up as an RB fifty seven those last six games. But you know, just one injury away, and you're talking about a team that runs the ball a lot, Tennessee Titans. You know, uh, Deion Lewis will definitely be a benefactor, and he could, you know, if he ended up as as a, right outside the RB two numbers, right, just you know, a top RB three. You're talking about a player that easily would be RB two or with with upsides. You know, oh, so I. I, I agree with you there. I have, you have no argument with you over there. I agree with you there. Uh, just two last people that I wanted to mention. As I said, as we're going to wrap this up. Malcolm Brown, take him very late. He's going undrafted. Take him. And another guy that I recommend that's also going undrafted. And to see if you agree with me on this one. I, I think I might have it. Who? Uh, Darwin Thompson. No, not at all. Huh? Not at all. He's, not, okay. he's going undrafted. He's not even on his board. But Darwin Thompson, you could take also. I mean, I guess that late in the round. But... The guy I'm saying to take, who I think is going to be the next, the uh, the handcuff, or if Zeke does stop playing, who's going to be the starter? Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard is going to be the next guy up. It's kind of hard to decide between him, Alfred Morris, and Darius Jackson. Out of those three who seem to be next in line to take over, if Zeke does not play, who do you think is the worthy one of a pick? Pollard, I like for 
PPR, I think he's going to be more of the pass catching back back for the Cowboys if Ezekiel Elliott misses time. But a player that I think, you know, I'm over here just gambling, but I think you have to look at Mike Weber. Mike Weber is another one too. Absolutely, absolutely. That's another name I forgot to mention. Yeah, Mike we- Mike Weber will will be the player that I might take a shot with. No, instantly I'll, I'll go with Pollard, with Tony Pollard, because as in PPR he's definitely gonna give you points, especially in the pass catching game, right? But you know, like if the Cowboys end up going with the, like you know the bell cow uh, mentality of using this you know running back three downs. Uh, Mike Weber might uh, might be a good shot, you know. Like Alfred Morris, you know, he's he did he did prove that he was good, but that was like a few seasons ago with the Cowboys, you know. Yeah, Alfred, Alfred Morris, I think, is there more based on name because of more familiarity. I mm-hmm. think that's why more people are probably more comfortable in taking Alfred Morris that they feel because of the familiarity. I'm somebody saying it right, Famili- Femi- familiarity, feminine, <laughs> feminine familiarity, and uh, because of the fact of that, you know that that. That's why I think people are more comfortable taking him. Uh, but I still agree with you. I don't know. I don't know if Tony Paul's going to be the pass catching back. I don't know about that. Maybe I don't know. But what I do know is that I, where I've been reading, he has uh, definitely shown to be more that guy. Uh, also, breaking news: the Browns. Speaking of the running back, as we end this off, the Browns have traded Duke Johnson to the Texans. So Duke Johnson is now in the Texans. I don't think that hurts Lamar Miller. No, it doesn't. You know, I, I think Lamar Miller is still going to be that main guy, that number one guy. Um, but we didn't mention Duke Johnson, so Duke Johnson. Well, Duke Johnson was going over here at the end. He was going in the 14th round. I mean, is he worth taking right now? He's going to probably play the third down back role. And you're talking about a good offense as well. So Yeah, it's a good it, offense. It, it, I, I there's a chance, you know, like it's a flyer. You might as well try it. You know, you're in the 14 round. We see. Yeah. Gonna, he's going to jump up the board by end of next week. He'll though. jump up not too much, but he's I probably going to jump up to the 13 round if anything. But you I'd know, say like yeah, like 12th, 11th round maybe because you know he's probably going to solidify himself as like that third down back. Uh, but what it does, I just think it just helps more I'm Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, it just boosts. You know, I, I don't know about Nick Chubb so much, but I think it boosts Kareem Hunt a little more. And now Miller does goes back to the sixth round for me. <laughs> All right, party people, that's the show that we have here for today. Uh, Once again, follow us on Instagram and on on Twitter at BFB Podcast. Go check out the website. I put a lot of work into that, damn it. Go check out the website. Uh, As little as infant as it is, it still took a lot of work to make, and I'm very proud of it. Uh, BetterFantasyBureau.com. Hit us up any single time to ask us any questions you want on our social media platforms. Follow us, rate us, rank us, review us. Thank you very much. Success on the last party, people. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Peace.